This is Dude West. I'm your host, Edward Simpson. You're listening to episode four. Thanks for tuning in. I've always wanted to start a podcast like Lil Wayne as of a dream I had 10 seconds ago. So I decided to do it and I just did it. And if you got that reference, I appreciate you. And if you didn't, mm, 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 you're probably not my demographic. But it's all good. Come along for the ride. Uh, you know, thank God, dude. <laughs> Getting back at it. And what I mean by that is Denver is opening up in a minimal capacity. And it's the bee's knees. <laughs> I, uh, I like to take part in Muay Thai. It's like kickboxing, but... On top of the punches and kicks, you also get elbows and knees. So it's a little bit more fun, in my opinion. And the gym finally opened up again. And we've just been out having to do Zoom classes for like three months. And I got to admit, you hit month two of it, and uh, it got a little boring for me. So I went and got a tattoo that would take a while to heal and that would require me to not move for a solid minute to pass that time instead. So that's what I did. I got a rose on my gut, and it's all purdy and stuff. I lost income on a petal, but it's nothing that can't be fixed. So we thunder on. Uh, So I get to the gym. And, oh, it's, it's just like old times, just like pre, pre-Rona times. And it's amazing because it smells the same. I, I can breathe and it's different at the same time. You can't even go use the restroom. And I'm not complaining. It's not like I walked in having to take a deuce immediately or left that way for the matter. But the, there's some new stipulations. You got to come up to the door. They take a little super futuristic thermometer to your forehead without touching you. And they just know your temperature. Then you have to like sign in electronically, log all that to the system that documents you coming in. I assume in case people start getting sick, they're going to start tracking down the culprit <laughs> like the scooby-doo gang and then once they get them i guess you just get a few round kicks to the stomach i don't know what happens you have to sit in a rear naked chokehold for 30 seconds from the black belt of the jujitsu side and and tap out like i don't what do you do like if someone gets sick at this point i would say as an expert on the coronavirus and as an epidemiologist, I would say the best bet is to just, you know, to just forget about it. Just let it go. Um, most of us are pretty young. We should be in good shape. And I say that, watch me be the one that gets wiped out by Rona. And then I'm just going to be coming back, eating my words. And someone's going to have to do a eulogy podcast for me, although I just started this. Whew. That was a mouthful. Hope it doesn't happen. Uh, so we get in this gym, we have to go up this ramp, um, after you sign in electronically and all that fun stuff. And then on the Muay Thai side of the gym, cause it's Muay Thai and a jujitsu gym, it's split down the middle. Um, and the Muay Thai side, they have it like 
quadrant off, quartered off, you got little sections. And I got a partner, other people got partners, and right now we're just paddle holding. We can't even spar. I hope that changes in a week because if we're just pa- if we're going to be stuck with the same person, like we might as well get intimate. We might as well make out a little, see if see if like we can boost our immunity. Uh, so, I mean, nothing like herd immunity on the eastern side. <laughs> They're going to listen to this and be like, "Oh, gross! This guy's with us." <laughs> um, but yeah, so we we get in our little quadrants and we start thumping the pads and doing jump rope, shadow boxing. Not in that order, actually. In the uh, in a completely different order than what I just said. But uh, the point is, we we do it. We do a Muay Thai workout and it feels good. But I'm also reminded that I got a little bit chubby in these Rona times. I got a little bit out of shape, maybe not super out of shape, maybe just like one or two weeks off. A little tune up is all I need. But enough to like, I think it was the month of like laying in bed, being OCD about having a tattoo on my hip that I didn't didn't want to mess up while I healed um, that maybe let me get out of shape. But Point is, I got a little tune-up I got to do. So today I went on the run. I uh, went through Wash Park and breathed the fresh air. And I'm still not quite comfortable going through there. But at this point, like, I think I'll be fine. Like, people are protesting in mass amounts. And and the stats haven't raised. I I keep watching them. We're good so far. Hopefully I don't eat my words. That's been, like, my motto for I feel like four years, my motto's just been like, hopefully I don't, this doesn't come back to bite me. <laughs> and then like, it usually works until it doesn't. And uh, then, it, then I go, well, maybe I won't do that again. And then I, you know, and I do it again because I'm a genius like that. We, we don't learn from our mistakes. Uh, After that run, I got home, I took a shower, and then I cracked open a beer in the midst of a shower and enjoyed that too. Um, Now I'm here, talking to a podcast, living la vida loca. Um, And I'm faced with the reality that my pantry's kind of empty, which is kind of sad because I got like a jar of peanut butter, some oatmeal. Uh, I'm out a lot of pancake mix, which to be quite frank, I've been the pancake don this this whole coronavirus. Like I've just been stuffing flapjacks in my face left and right i've gotten so good at making flapjacks i've like conquered several recipes if you want a good flapjack let me tell you right now don't even mess with like splitting it up into one two three like if you know i'm eating all this batter just make a fat pancake why are you doing yourself the injustice of making like three don't don't do that to yourself make a fat one you'll you'll kind of love yourself for the efficiency of it and here's how you ramp it up. You throw some cinnamon sugar in it. You throw some semi-dark chocolate chips in it. And then you, uh, it, well, is that the order? I should say you throw the batter in the frying pan first or on the griddle or whatever you're using. And you let that get to like a semi-solid state. And then you toss the chocolate chips in. But you mix the cinnamon sugar in with the batter. That way it, it permeates all throughout it. And cinnamon sugar is not really going to burn too heavily in the time that you got it on it, or at least not in a way that's uh, going to ruin it, in my opinion. Like, I'm not out here sad when I eat pancakes. And it would be really hard to be sad if you eat pancakes. Even if you're in the midst of depression, 
I don't think you could go make a flapjack and then like eat that and be sad while you do it. Like maybe you fall right back into that dark hole at the, after the last bite. But in the midst of pancakery, it has to be all ups, rainbows, maple goodness, and like maybe dreams of Canada for some people. Uh, you know, I've been thinking about Canada lately. Not that I want to move there. I, I love America. I love uh, a lot of things about this country. Uh, and I would never <laughs> dream of moving to Canada, but I've still been thinking a lot about our northern neighbors. Uh, you know, they, they're, they're kind of quiet up there. You never hear a lot going on. Maybe it's just because they're all, you, do, you, think it, you think they got it figured out? You think them, them Canadians got it figured out up there? I wonder, because like you never hear about Canadian turmoil. Maybe, maybe it's just like Canadian turmoil doesn't sell on the news. So it's just not worth talking about. And the media is like, well, we just, we just produce better drama down here. Like we have Kardashians and riots and, and, uh, we have just injustices and reality TV. And at that point you don't even need Canada. Like America's really, really fueling itself in all regards. Like you you got everything. We're all leeching off of something to make some other business model is what I realize about America. It's like we're all just repurposing stuff. Like in the South, you got rednecks using duct tape to to without any any discretion. Like duct tape is the albeit fix it. Like I don't understand the methodology or how they add somehow tensile strength to the duct tape but it, it's the it's the end all be all you live by duct tape you die by the duct tape and and then i think in you wonder <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how i got to this point in the conversation just duct tape um crap what was i talking about oh that's not good that is not good i went to the south to duct tape and uh <laughs> I lost track of thought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> America repurposing stuff. Got it. You know, the South Arabia is something when you, when you bring it up. And sometimes that's your rights of freedom. Sometimes that's a thought. And it doesn't really have any discretion. It's a, it's a nasty bitch. <laughs> and that's why I left it. I moved straight to the Midwest, where apparently there's tons of uh, fucked up stuff still happening. So... You can't escape it because America is just a melting pot of amazingness and kind of shittiness too. And that's what you get with diversity because some people are shitty and some people are awesome. And if, if, if you don't want that, that, that sense of danger, that American fire that, we, that, that makes this country so, so awesome. So I hope nobody heard the T in that word. <laughs> I'm just putting new... New letters and words, Austin. Um, that's what puts the fire in America, man. That's what makes us so uh, so unique. If you want, if you want quaint, calm, collected, you go straight to Canada. And if and if uh, you don't, and you want a little bit of ambition, a little bit of spice, a little bit of flavor. Come to America. Sure, Canada's got maple syrup, but you know what we got? In Denver, at least. <laughs> we got burritos, tacos, pancakes, Thai food. 
Um, I'm running out of this list fast, actually. Pizza, Chinese food. <laughs> Start naming every ethnicity and race I can think of for foods. Ethiopian food. Uh, we got Rocky Mountain oysters at, what's it called? What's it called? What's it called? Something Buffalo Traders. Uh, shit. I haven't been there yet. Damn. I haven't been in this place long enough to rep it. I'm I'm failing. We something people love green chili. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, cookies. I go to the gas station to get cookies, and Denver's known for that too. Not uh, yeah. And at the end of the day, the best thing about Denver is its proximity to the outdoors. Not probably its food, but I gotta admit, now that we're getting out of Rona times cheap burritos are popping up again and any city with with a high taco burrito output is my favorite type of city Ooh, someone's honking their horn like a we're in a residential area how are you honking your horn what what ran in front of you a dog some people these days man some people these days High taco burrito outputs are what I am finding to be essential for my way of life. And also, if you can find like a good, apparently, now I can't give this up, a good steak flank sandwich. God, that's hard to say. Say that three times fast. Steak flank sandwich. I can't go without one of those suckers. You got this Argentinian sandwich shop, and they do something to their french fries too. They've got it down pat. If you're in Denver, go to Carne. Carne, Carne, Carne on um, Santa Fe Drive. They are delicious. Um, Santiago's Burritos is also delicious. I can get a burrito under five bucks. My criteria for a good burrito. I'll go over this every podcast if I have to. And don't get me started on donuts or cookies because that's another story that I've also gone into in previous podcasts already. Uh, So we got the gym back open. I got started running again, and, you know, that, that's kind of boring, to be honest. Running doesn't do it for me. I need something that's, like, mentally stimulating, too. Running, I just, like, veg out in the mind. I'll go – I'll just gander at a lake while I jog past it or, or like – God, I, I think I did this on several occasions today. I was jogging, and I just locked eyes with a random stranger, and I didn't relent until maybe 15 seconds into the lockdown of, of uh, straight eye contact and, and, and thunder between us because you best bet I established a connection with every, with every stare because <laughs> that's what it was at that point, staring. Uh, I did this three separate times, and I didn't even realize it until after I – finished doing it maybe five seconds later like I naturally looked away it wasn't like I came to the recollection that I was staring it's just I stared people down and then I I just slowly looked away back into my jog and the worst like imagine what I looked like I had my shirt off my mouth was wide open the whole time so I could breathe and my headphones the most frustrating part about this jog these Bluetooth headphones that are all one wire and they're just bobbling around. They popped out of my ears every 10 seconds. I got to pretty much run holding them in. So I'm just like running with my fingers in my ears the whole time. 
and uh, staring at people with my mouth open, just, <gasps> I'm not an attractive sight when I run either. So it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's a full mess. I probably got a few, a few calls, a few looks. Yeah. Like in the, in the moment when you're running really hard and you know, you're hitting the pace, like I knew I was like, I, I noticed I passed some people and <laughs> their heads, like as I passed them, look like turned turned to my figure the the lumbering like gazelle stride that i had in the that heavy ox breath of <laughs> and uh yeah if that ox breath doesn't get you going i don't know what will um and in the moment like those those slight turns and looks at me <laughs> i'm not gonna lie really gave me confidence. I was like, yeah, these people know I'm killing it. I'm like setting the pace. I'm, I'm doing a good stride. Now, as I recollect, maybe two hours later, uh, not so much, not so much. They were definitely not like in awe of, of my pure athletic prowess. They were, uh, <laughs> probably just like amused, concerned, maybe upset. Nothing good. <laughs> uh, so hopefully I didn't like scare a small child in the midst of my jog because I ran past like some families, some couples, a few single ladies. They looked at me and I was like, yeah, babes, look at my abs. Now I know it wasn't that. Could have been anything from the fact that my mouth was agape to, to, to the just uns unstructured stride of my of my run <laughs> so sometimes though you need that confidence when you're in the moment because if i had all those thoughts going through my head i probably would have petered out into a walk and then i would have been stuck in the park longer which would have been more tormenting but now that i'm home i can just breeze past that thought easily i can take a sip of beer i can i can hit hit my pipe I can look at my dog. He's uh, looks half dead almost. He sleeps on his bed, and his bed's definitely big enough for him. But he always manages to get half of his body off of it, like he's just limp. So he's half on the floor, half on the bed, and his head's just like the the thing holding his body on the floor. His head's taking a lot of weight. Is is what I'm getting at. So. So he's, I mean, he's breathing. That's good. All right. Well, you do you, man. If, if that's how you decide what comfort is, who am I to get in the way? But, I mean, I've been pretty jerky today to my dog. I don't know about other dog owners, but when a dog, like, comes up to you and just, like, my dog will just, like, stand in front of, right in front of me and not look at me. I'll just like look around, but I'll just stand in front of me forever. So I can't like outstretch my legs or anything. And typically I'm like, whatever, like he'll move if I'm doing something. But like eventually, like three minutes past, five minutes pass, and you get to about like 10 minutes. It's like, what in the fuckery, man? I, I want to stretch out my legs and you're just taking, you're just right here in my, in my bubble. I love you, but this is absurd. So I have to send him straight to bed, which is about three feet across the room. 
not a long walk. And he gives me the most attitude in that three feet than I've seen any other creature do in its life. Like I've seen horses. Those things are clever and attitude as hell. Like I used to work on a ranch and in that time we were short on staff and because we were short on staff, um, we asked a trucker that was supposed to ship the cattle to, to help us drive the cattle. So the, the head, the head honcho in charge gave him a horse and we all set off and we got to this point on the cattle drive where we split up and it was like the head guy and his wife were going to go take care of some cattle in one valley or something. And me and this guy were supposed to like just chill and wait. Real easy task. Not, or no, not even chill and wait. It was just like push the cattle we already had in the same direction we were pushing them. <laughs> so like really not the most difficult task to take. Like even if some cattle were a little bit like um, rebellious and wanted to go separate ways, like it wouldn't have been an issue. It wasn't overwhelming by any means a task two people i could have done it by myself to be honest uh and i'd only been doing it like a month so i was pretty confident but this feller this dude gets off his horse thinking it's just going to be a casual day and he he lights up a cig and like starts talking to me about some shit and Immediately while he's doing this, I notice he lets go of the reins. And I'm thinking in my head, like, did this guy just let go of the reins? Like, I haven't been doing this long, but like, I don't think you do that. Like, that horse doesn't seem like it's not like listening to him already that well. Like, the horse wasn't necessarily like letting him just like control it on the drive that well either. It was already like, this dude doesn't know how to ride me. So, this dude. Let's go over the reins to smoke a cigarette and start talking some bullshit, just like conversing, being a normal dude. And I'm, I'm having this internal dialogue in my head, not even registering what he's saying. And I go, hey, hey, dude, grab the reins. And he's like, huh? And as soon as I say that, he turns around and goes, and as soon as he turns around, this, mm, the horse just, the horse just says, sayonara, sucker. And starts trotting, trotting about three miles per hour. And the guy's like, oh, oh, oh. And he like misses the rain initially. He's like, oh, oh. And the horse speeds up to five and then six, seven. And you know, he's increasing eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Like a car just. And then this guy's like slowly trying to get the reins. And it's to the point where he can't even catch up. And the whole time he's trying to get the reins, he's making this sound like it's. I don't know what he thought. Like he was like, "Hey, hey, stop!" Hey, I was like, "The horse doesn't speak English, you, you nickum poop." Yeah, oh, oh, oh. And then I just see the horse just going, and I'm on my horse because I'm not dumb enough to get off it and let go of the reins. I mean, like the dude was pretty explicit about how horses will fuck with people too, and I was just like, "Oh fuck!" And I'm about a month into this. And this situation does not wind up well for me, to say the least. I take off after this horse. I leave this guy going, oh, 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 the, 
freaking trucker. I leave him. I'm just like, I can't, like, I'll come back for you if I get the horse. But like, I've already heard the, the owners talk about how expensive horses are. And I can already think to myself, like, I'm only volunteering right now. If I'm responsible for a horse, just saying sayonara, that's at least $10,000 that someone's going to be like, Hey buddy, guess what you owe? I, I didn't sign waivers or anything. Maybe I could get away scot-free, but it's not really something I'm willing to take the risk on yet as somebody without any experience or knowledge in the horse horse area of life. I was never a horse person, never part of ranches, never part of farms. The only things I've had interaction with are fish and deer. Uh, so... I take off after this horse and I'm just like, what the fuckery is happening to me? And I'm going and this horse gets to this like gravel just straight away. It's, it's, I think it's the Nebraska pipeline, the Nevada, no, 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 no. The Nevada pipeline. Maybe that's what it's called. I'm in the Black Rock desert. It's some sort of gas pipeline that goes like across several States and we're on top of it. So pretty much there's no trees or anything. It's all gravel. It's all like pretty, pretty rocky. And it's, it's, the terrain is up and down, but it's not like a mountain to where it's really cliffy and like, it's hard to get your footing. Like it's a, it's a steady incline to where it's easy to like walk up. Like you're not hiking up it, so to speak, or climbing up it. Uh, so this, so it's a chase. I'm chasing this freaking horse back the way we came. And, and I'm just, I'm slowly getting closer, but we get to the point in the chase where it's been like a mile and I'm just thinking to myself like, Oh my God, cause my horse has slowed down now cause it's tired as fuck. Cause we just went full sprint after this other horse going full sprint. Now the other horse is tired as fuck too. It's about 10 yards in front of me and my heart's racing and we're just like so close and I'm like hanging off my horse, just reaching for the ho- other horse's reins, just half on, half off, just, just so sore in the crotch too. Cause we've been galloping so hard, just sore ass, sore crotch, sore taint, sore everything. <laughs> and, um, we get, fu- we close it nine yards, eight yards, you know, we, we, we get finally close enough to where I can grab the fucker's reins. And it's been like two and a half miles, three miles of a chase at this point. And at this point, my horse is just dead. It's like heaving, just. (gasps) 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 And I feel awful because like, I don't know how to treat horses. I probably didn't treat a lot of animals correctly in this time. And I just, I just like knew in my head, I was like, God, this. This makes me feel so bad that this animal's so tired. And this other horse, like, I should mention, every I got close to this horse like five times during this chase. And every time I got like within an inch of grabbing the reins, it just kicked up the speed just a notch to where I couldn't grab them. And then I had to like put the put like the the stress back on my horse from like kicking it and like trying to get it to speed back up. And like, I think that other horse was just in more shape than mine. <laughs> and, and like my horse was dead and this horse is just like, I finally got to it. I got the reins 
And I was just like, oh, thank fucking goodness. And I just got off my horse for that minute. And I just stood there with both horses, both of the reins in my hand. And I was just like, whoo, took a huge breath. Was very happy that I hadn't lost any money yet because I finally got that horse. And then I, uh, because my horse was so tired, I kind of felt bad. I didn't even want to sit on it at that point. I was just like, you know what? Like, this shit's already ruined. I just like, I pretty much chased it back like a quarter of the distance we walked to get to where we were. And it had already been like an hour. It was just like, it was, it was so much time wasted. So I, I just started walking back that way. I was like, I'm not going to ride back that way or try to have these horses trot or anything. And I just walked him back. I was like, I, I just figured slow and steady wins the race at this point. Cause like, it, who knows the rain slip out of my hand and the horse gets the freedom bug again and goes straight renegade. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just walk him back and, and, Finally, this dude's freaking just like running eventually. I think I get probably two miles back. He probably ran like a half mile. And I finally get back. He's like running up the road. And he's like, oh, my God, you got it. I can't believe it. And I was just pissed. I was like, yeah, man, here. And I was like, don't let go of the reins. <laughs> I like pointed my fingers at him. And the worst part I would say about all of this because I didn't mention it throughout the horse chase because throughout the horse chase, my sole focus was on the horse chase. I didn't, I didn't think about this factor that, that was happening simultaneously as I was on the horse chase is we were going back the way we came, but we also pushed all these cattle back the way we came in a frantic sprint at the same time. So while I pushed all these horses back, I also pushed tons of cattle back miles after we'd driven them like three miles in one direction. I'd pushed them like pretty much back all the all the way. <laughs> so so I'm like, dude, you and I realized this as I as we're like getting this this trucker back on his horse. And it's at this point, it's just it's just, uh, I'm just like, dude, we, we have to go back. We have to get these cattle. Like they're going to be so pissed at me. <laughs> so, so I, I run back to, to what am I missing a point? I think I'm missing a point. Yeah, I am. Um, so we start to run back to get the cattle and on our horses that is, or trot back because my horse is dead at this point and just like hold them in a valley and while we're doing that um the head honcho trots up on his horse and he is not happy to say the least or maybe he was behind us from from a different cattle drive or something either way he comes up and he knows like he sees what we've done like we push these cattle so far back and he's he is pissed he's just like dude what the fuck and I'm like trying to explain to him and he just does not have, and I'm like, I'm trying to explain to him that it's not my fault, that it's like the guy's fault because he got off his horse to smoke a cigarette and just let it run away. And I like actually saved the horse. And he's just like, he's just like, whatever. And just like, he's like, you got to hold these horses here in this valley. 
Like, don't worry about driving or not hold these horses, hold these cattle here in this valley. Don't worry about driving, drive them, just hold them. And it's to the point, like, he leaves to go, like, catch up with his wife who's driving other cattle. And he's like, just wait for us to get back and then we'll, we'll figure this out. So he, he leaves to do that. And while, while I'm trying to hold all these cattle with this trucker, uh, he just, his horse, he just like lets his horse give up in a way. He's just like, I'm sorry, my horse gives up. So he pretty much stops using his horse to like hold the cattle. In. And what I mean by that is you have to like, cattle don't just like stay in one place. Cattle, cattle aren't just going to like, because you're there, they're not just going to be like, all right, I'll sit. Like, no problem. Like they're trying to like, they're in free roam mode. Like they're just trying to go to water, to food, to anywhere else, but like where you're trying to hold them because they can and cattle do what they want. And, and these cattle are just trying to like escape the little valley we got them in through the one air, through like the North cliff, through the South cliff. They're trying to go up the valley, down the valley. And this guy's just let his horse give up. So I'm just like pretty much running my horse in a circle the whole time to hold them in one spot in the valley, just a circle around the whole mass of cattle. And this guy's just like chilling in a bush with his horse smoking a cigarette again. And I'm just so pissed off at this point. And then they finally get back. And not to mention a few cattle got away. So <laughs> they finally get back. I have to say, Hey, uh, a few cattle got away because his horse got tired <laughs> and the the wife is more pissed at me than I think anyone's ever been pissed at me in my life. And she's just like, I can't believe you lost all this progress. You did this, you did that. And now cattle are getting away. We should never let you come on board. You're just a volunteer. After this, you're going home. You're gone. We don't want you here anymore. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. And uh, I'm just like, but you haven't even heard like what happened. He's like, I don't care what happened. And she just shoots off on her horse up the mountain after these cattle that ran away. And I'm just supposed to pretty much follow the head on back and, and, uh, and freaking back, back to the trailer. We just kind of had to eat the shit for the day and say like, we made no progress. Um, push the cattle back to just like a earlier, earlier fence. And so she's like taking care of a lot. And then we get to the point on this walk back to like secure them at a different location so we can go home because it's already about dark. She's like, she's like still just leaning into me. Just you're going home after this. You're worthless. You yellow belly. <laughs> and, uh, I'm just like, but you don't understand. Like the trucker just like let his horse go. I had to go get it. And like in that process, like I couldn't also contain the cattle. Like it was just me. And like finally throughout just in just like being told I have to go home and that they're done with me and shit and shit and shit. I'm just getting increments of my story out, just like small piece by piece. And eventually like I get it all out and they think, and like it, we're walking and silent for a minute. And the lady's just like, uh, you're right. That's, that's not your fault. <laughs> and she's like, I'm, I'm really sorry. And it's just kind of awkward. And, and pretty much like they don't, they don't force me to leave or anything, but 
the rest of the trip was pretty awkward after that, after they just leaned into me. They did that a few times. And I mean, I'm sure I fucked up a few times too, because I know I did. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you have volunteers that don't have experience and shit, don't expect them to be experts. Cause if you do, it's not the smartest move on your part, to be honest. Uh, and at the end of the day, like it was a really cool experience. Like I'm thankful for it, but there was a few instances like that where like they just, I guess, I guess expected more of me. And I was like, y'all really don't understand. Like I've never worked on a ranch before. Sure. I like done landscaping and know how to plant shit, but like I've never paddle drive or done anything like that or ridden a horse. And although I like, I'm a fast learner and shit, it still takes time. There's still a learning curve and like, to do that in less than a month and already be able to like chase your horse down when it's sprinting away and give me a little bit more credit. All right. <laughs> so that, I mean, that was part of my experience on that ranch. There's a lot more stories to tell, but that was just one. And still my dogs <laughs> more, what was I saying? Stubborn gave me more, gives me more attitude than that horse gave that trucker. And that's all I'm getting at. It's an issue. I mean, sometimes it's a real problem. You know, I'll be like, come here sometimes because it's time to go inside. I got to go to work. And he does this little, he's like a little teenager. He exhales. He's like, <sighs> and gives me attitude. I'm like, what the fuck? Who, who are you to exhale out your nose at a, at a faster rate than usual? Just so you, so I can hear it. Who are you to do that? Because that's what he's doing, and he knows that's what he's doing. And hell, I bet he speaks English. I bet he speaks English at this point. I think he knows every word I say. And I'll go on record. Because the attitude he gives me, that's the only thing that can justify it. Because if he hears half the stuff I say, then yeah. Yeah, I get it. I, I say some rude stuff. But if he's a dog, like he's supposed to be, and he's not supposed to understand a majority of English, then I should be in the clear with like most of what I say. Because as long as I say it in a good tone, I should be scot-free. <laughs> I just, I, I just took like a, I don't know how long that story was to get back to the point that my dog gives me attitude. But if that doesn't go on record as the most roundabout way of getting to a point, then I don't know what goes on record. Like, sign me up, Guinness, and uh, reproduce this story tenfold. I could use the exposure. Um, speaking of that, I'm drinking Bud Light. I could use that as a sponsor. If y'all want to send me, send me a free case, I would love it. If not, see who I choose next. Because I bet you won't like it. Um, with that said, I think I think that concludes this episode. I think we've done enough to to spend a night together. And if you're listening, thanks for joining in. I appreciate you. I hope you appreciate me. <laughs> Love you.